This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to The Numbers Game. I'm Jason and I'm back here with Marty and Nick. How are you going today, guys? Jace, I'm fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I'm talking about becoming a corporate athlete. So uh, taking the centre stage and I hope you boys grill me on it and add some flavour to it. So very excited. Nick, how are you going, my friend? And I'm pumped. Look, I've, I've been lucky enough to uh, have you in our business now for probably two and a half years, thereabouts, and there's been just learn something new from you every day um so looking forward to you sharing uh what you're about to share and i think anyone who's a business owner that has well not just salespeople but staff in general um will take a lot out of this and yeah hopefully um people get the same value that i do so looking forward to getting stuck into it 100%. Well, guys, anytime somebody says athlete, I'm looking for tips. I'm trying to get fitter and healthier every day. It's not necessarily working, but it's all about those little 1% improvements. And that's why we're here for the one percenters. And while you might not be able to help me run a marathon that I've got to do in a couple of weeks, Marty, but if you can give me some corporate athlete tips, I'm here ready to listen. And before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by the team at Walker Digital. That's WLKR.digital for all of your social media needs, helping keep the numbers game podcast climbing the ranks in the australian business podcast list uh so thank you to the team at walker digital and marty we are talking building corporate athletes the one percenters over to you my friend yeah well i sort of mapped this out because you kind of do it when you've been you know working with people and really encouraging to to do well over 20 years now um, you sort of have your own biorhythms with it and i sort of broke it down as to going well what what am I doing that's supporting people to get these these great results? And ultimately, you need great people to work with. That's the yeah, that's that's the first point of call. You do have to recruit well, and they have to be coachable. But you're not always coaching. It's it's some of the subtleties within that to to get great performance out of people. And I've broken it down into thirteen steps, and I'll bring you in on on a couple of them to see what you think. But one of the first things that um, I look at is I'm always developing the person. So even though we want to develop capability and performance, uh, without doubt, I'm always working on the person. And, and step one of that is whether they're good at it or not, uh, is setting a clear goal. And with setting a clear goal, I have to distinguish what the impact of that goal is to that individual in their own life. So what does it mean to perform at a higher level for them in attaining a certain goal? Uh, Like, how do I get them to visualize that goal? Because sometimes Mm. that can be delusional. If they haven't achieved something, you know, previously, then how do they know they're going to achieve it? So, you know, it's building confidence in them to be able to take those first steps and map out a plan in order to get to that goal as well. But goal setting is is really, really important. And a lot of people, some people like it, some people don't. I really like it because you're sort of getting them to challenge themselves and then you're looking to make sure that's in alignment for where the business wants to go. So I think that um, that's really important. And it must be achievable in their mind at some level. So there's a there's a reality to it. So that's step number number one. Um, focusing impact. 
Are you spending the time in the right areas to retain to to get the result? So again, people can quickly get busy in different areas uh, in the in their business day, and it's really giving them key lead indicators. So it might be for us, it's always are you in front of six people a week? Now, I don't always mind if they're six clients. It might be a referral source. It might be um, it might be a contact, someone in their circle of influence. But it has to be strategic to you know doing what they do well in their career and also bringing in business and building their pipeline. Particularly with new starters, you want to make sure they're creating the market, not just waiting for opportunities to come to them out of thin air. They have to go out there and make it. So I've seen the successful people I've dealt with had that ability to go out there and find new ways of bringing business in. Um, so what do you think about the first two points, gents? I like the goal stuff. And I think um, I think not even really just a business goal, but how does that relate to a personal mm. goal? And when I spoke to Nathan a few weeks ago, we talked about vision boards. Um, there's a young guy in the office, um, Geordie, who people have heard of before, but he's got his goals on his home screen as well. So every time you walk past them, you see them. But I think setting those business goals and then relating them back to something that you're trying to achieve personally, whether it be family-related or um, financial-related, I think is is really good. And it just gives people a drive um, to get up and go to work. So I really like that. And on that, I, again, on the, on the Nathan um, episode, I spoke about focusing um, and having that focus time and spending spending your time wisely on on where you're going to get the most output so uh, i think i think they're great couldn't agree more and i think in just those first two when i think about the top performers that i've worked with in the past or the top performers in my organization they do have clear goals they have things they're working towards and it's not just business related or, or job related it is personally you know whether they're targeting their next triathlon or wanting to run a marathon or um, you know, setting a plan for when the next family holiday to Europe will be and how they'll achieve that goal. So like goal setting, super, super important for those high performers. And then you're focusing impact. I mean, the top performers, they, they, I look at their calendars, they're well structured, they've got focus time, they know their plan, they know what they're working towards. So mate, two two beautiful first steps of your building a corporate athlete and I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm just, mine's ticking visualization is really important too like you have to get that emotional buy-in on that on that personal goal so like i said i look at my goals for the year i look at my longer term goals every day because mm-hmm. i can directly relate them to my aspirations and what i want to accomplish and i find that i get more out of myself because of that very very fact as well and i know then when to focus it's mm-hmm. the torchlight am i doing the activities in the torchlight or am i outside of the torchlight where it's not really impacting those personal goals linking into my business goals and how i want to operate in my day so really keeps me charged and focused number three is releasing handbrakes i call it uh uncover anything that is holding the individual back and address that really really important it's one thing to have a goal um, and you can find resistance points when you're talking to your team members so you've got to understand when you are stretching someone it can always bring up some form of 
inadequacy mm. or a lack of capability somewhere. But that's okay because that you can give them confidence, you can give them training around that, and what I call it releasing handbrakes. What's the what's the one impact point that's stopping them from achieving the goal? It's like the tree in the forest. You you take the main handbrake down, and the rest of the trees fall over, and you start to get real momentum towards that goal. And if you can achieve that, even if it's in a small scale situation. Um, then that sets the precedent for them striving into the future as well because they feel like they've overcome a challenge. Um, they're excited about overcoming that a challenge and having some sense of achievement off the back end of that. And then you get momentum out of that as well. So that's a really important one. Uh, differentiate on value, uh, not price. So you've got to understand your individual and professional point of difference and how to communicate that. So I, I can tell you, out of 20 finance brokers, everyone has almost an invisible superpower that I'm trying to bring out of them. So it might be, so for me, for example, when I was a broker, profession, uh, invest. I love investing, right? So I wanted to work with investors because I had a real passion for that. So I would show people how to use their income to create equity and pay down their home loan and then use that use that equity to invest. I just had that. And that was my superpower. My superpower was my passion for investing as well as what I wanted other people to experience uh, in my client base. Now, everyone in the team has that unique capability. They do so. Like I think Stevie, who just came on board, uh, is really great at self-management super funds like she loves it she understands it back the front and i think there's a lot of brokers that don't know that so well and it's a real niche in the market where she can work with accountants she can work with financial planners and buyers advocates um so again you you find those little niches and get them to understand those superpowers and you're differentiating on value because anyone can do well in a great market but again when the market is more challenging that value differential is really the point of difference that's going to make them super successful in challenging markets when others fall away so it's really important they understand that from a personal and a professional like some people just relate great they're great communicators so they just need to be in front of more people because they you know, they're brilliant at their communication some people are really technical you know so they need to be in front of the right referral sources where that that technicality is really appreciated so there's all these little things that you want to really have them understand so they can best leverage those points so i'll throw it open to yourselves on those next two points jace what do you think i love it the individual point of difference and releasing handbrakes again like i'm just already like things are popping into my mind going man like you know i can see how that would improve things automatically in in my business day to day so you know releasing handbrakes perfect example in, in this week uh you know we asked a couple of the team members why they didn't hit their productivity targets um, and just by having that conversation, you know, and not because they're in trouble, but it was how do we empower you to be able to hit your targets? What what can we do? And that was part of releasing the handbrakes. And what came out of that was we had too many meetings. We had too many internal meetings that weren't productivity driving meetings. They were meetings for the sake of meetings that were stopping our team from doing what they do best. Um, so through for receiving that feedback, we've now ripped a bunch of those meetings out of the way. We've released the handbrake to let the team go about doing what they do best. 
So that's been a great example. So yeah, I love that, that you've shared that. Anyone out there who, who can apply that in their own business, that's great. Look at the handbrakes you can release to free up that t- your team or your business to be doing better things and differentiating on, on value uh, of the individual point of difference. I think with the personality profiling and, you know, Nick and I are doing this Berkman process at the moment, doing some leadership um, uh, courses and learning for ourselves, that individual point of difference is so important. If you treat everybody the same, you are never going to uncover that superpower that's hidden inside someone. Um, so I love that, mate. I think uh, everyone's got something unique about them that you can use and you can have them shining in your business. So, mate, love it. So good. Yeah, for me, it's... It's the releasing the handbrake and just to take a bit of a different spin than what Jace took. But I think a lot of the time it's mentally, I'm just referring to salespeople now. And mm. Marty, you're very good at this. You're very good at, good at getting people to break through that performance barrier and then go to that next level. So a lot of the time the handbrake is, well, I'm a $40 million broker or I'm a $50 mm. million broker. Well, why are you a 40 or $50 million broker? Oh, because that's where I cap out. Well, what if you tell yourself you're an $80 million broker and just get there? Mm. And that's what I've seen you do really well, particularly with our team, get them to break through that barrier and go to that next level of performance because most of the time it's just their own, them putting themselves in that bucket that's holding them back. And you could, you could, that's across all different types of salespeople, whether it's real estate, whether it's, um, whether it's telco, whether it's finance. But if you see yourself as a particular level or a particular um, number or salesperson is a certain amount you'll generally find a way to get there so that's where you want to be how do you get there not that's where i cap out so that's that probably really resonated with me next up is number five embracing and celebrating progress now you notice i don't write embracing change which everyone else does right because people don't necessarily like change so to me it's always about embracing and celebrating progress so it's relevance in the progress to what they want to accomplish. I want to simplify the progress. So I go, if I can get them to move forward on a simple task, then obviously put those simple tasks together. It relates to a bigger task and a bigger achievement ultimately. So to me, I will edify progress. So anytime someone trends in the direction that I feel like is aligned to those goals, I will communicate to them. Now, what happens if they don't do that? then I will also communicate that to them, but I won't edify, like I won't allow people to sit in that victimhood space as woe is me. So to me, if I can reinforce confidence around progress, and that's what I do, um, then generally you find this real, this real sense of enthusiasm happens for the person and it really has a big impact. And then we test and measure it. We give feedback around it. We always look how far they've come in hindsight and we use that for the future as well. So I think that's a really progress management to me is it, it's it's my word but i like that better than change management because people become defensive even though you need it to happen uh i know how we operate as leaders in the business it's always progress management it's always being dynamic it's where we can make the best impact what are the tweaks we need to do to get better on efficiencies um lots of different things so progress management to me is is huge in alignment with the individual's goals simple strategy don't make the the easy difficult. That's one of the big things. And, and this is sometimes you can intellectualize too much. And what you're trying to do is take all that knowledge and turn it into simple strategies that that person can move on. 
um, because if it becomes too complicated, they, they can just freeze or feel pressured or defensive. So to me, whenever I can simplify a strategy to a result, I will always try and find that cut through to get to that performance in a way that's doable for them. And that's really a unique art, but I love doing that because people feel that great sense of confidence and achievement when they're able to make those steps. So um, the power of accountability, that's another one. That's number seven. Uh, I love I love um, account- the one-on-one accountability. But just by having someone um, talking to them once a week, it, it does something because you've got their goals set up, you've got strategy set up, and just the accountability piece, I feel like people just find an extra level um, in their performance given that accountability piece. It's not micromanaging, it's just checking in. How are you going? What's working well for you this week? Oh, you rang that referral. Well done on that. That's fantastic. So it's a reinforcement of everything we've talked about previously in that accountability piece. So I really enjoy that. And peer accountability is huge, absolutely huge. That's number eight. Surrounding yourself and learning from other high performers. And even when people say, oh, well, that doesn't really matter. I'm not, I'm not fussed about that. I play my own game it still has an impact in regards to both ways. No one wants to finish last, that's for sure. So that is a bit more defensive. But everyone wants to cherry pick the ideas of other great performers. And that's a part of our culture is how do we, how do we have that rising tide of performance across the group where they're learning off each other in real time and becoming better performers, better brokers, better communicators, you know, better humans because of each other. Uh, it's very much a sporting type of fe- feeling, but we're, we're a team and we want to progress. And by progressing together, we win together. And uh, the, you can't underestimate that value of having a group of people wanting to be on the same page and improving, regardless of where they're at in their trend of performance. Like, they all get back. And some some brokers have said to me, I feel like I'm almost cheating the system because I've got so much value around me that, of course, I'm going to perform because, you know, this person's doing that, this person's doing this. I'm getting 20 different perspectives of people doing really well. Very, very powerful. So, boys, I'll throw it open to yourselves again. Thoughts on, on those? I like the last one in particular. Mm. Um if you've got a sales team you know, with different levels of capability, why wouldn't you leverage the high achievers instead of having people compete? Um, which in, indirectly, a lot of the times they're competing and even in our own business, we do some gamifying of mm. sales numbers. But at the end of the day, most people, as well as doing good sales, they also want to be able to help people. That's what gives people a kick. So you know, our senior salespeople definitely get a kick out of helping the, the younger ones or those that are newer to industry. So... Why wouldn't you leverage that power um, and, yeah, and yeah, make it structured? So, Marty, I know you do Monday, Monday mornings with uh, – you've split the sales team up into three different teams um, mm. and they all feed off, feed off each other. Each team um, – well, and they are teams because you group their performance. Um, so, yeah, and there's a lot of value um, that get, gets added in those meetings, whether it be how to deal with certain sales situations or certain clients – um, policy lenders it's yeah, highly valuable that not many brokers in the industry would get access to so yeah and we're seeing the results because of it 100 percent. i love the one-on-ones um i think power of accountability those one-on-ones and regular like having that regular we we go to a monthly one-on-one with a manager and a team member now just to make sure there's a regular touch point 
but also the peer accountability. We sat back and looked at our July results and they weren't quite where they wanted to be. But we noticed there was three outstanding performers that just were so far above and beyond their targets for the month in a month where majority of the team weren't able to get the job done. And we went, well, how can we, how can we case study those three top performers and then look and learn from them and take away some of the things they were doing to share with the rest of the team? So now the rest of the team are using their, their peers as examples set to go, okay, there's the little 1% as they were doing that helped them achieve big results. So let's uh, share that across the team. So now I love it. Peer, peer accountability um, and learning from the high performance. I mean, if you've got them, you've got to leverage that and share that knowledge. Yeah, and we'll, we'll even look at personality testing of our top performers and looking at those attributes. So even when we're bringing new people in, we can see if they've got the attributes of those performers, which is really important as well. But definitely a big impact there. Thanks for your wisdom, gents. Um, next up is understand what you don't accept as well. I think that's really important. Like what are the don'ts in regards to, you know, and it might be in context, it might be whinging and bringing everyone down. You know, that's a don't. You know, there, there's certain things that always there needs to be understanding. And I think having the core values of the business in, you know, performance, attitude, teamwork, well-being, professionalism, um, we've got them mapped out in our values and everyone buys into them because they've the team has created the values. So they can pull anyone up in a professional manner if someone's outside of those values. So you can do that as a peer collective as well, which I find really reinforces great behaviour Behaviors, uh, when people are calling those great behaviours out, but it also is the opportunity if someone is out of line to understand, you know, what we don't accept as well. And again, with professional communication, you can keep things in check there. I think it's really good. Uh, looking at improving personal and professional efficiencies, I think that's a big one, and we've briefly touched on it before, but the, the great performers in the business, like let's say someone's doing 40 mil and they're going, I just can't do anymore at 60 mil. It's, it's, that's a handbrake, right? So again, it might be what person or, or the concept might be, I have to work, you know, 12 hour days to hit that. And that's not the case. It's about how do we achieve that result with the hours that we have given personal efficiencies of how you conduct your day and business efficiencies, whether it's technology, whether it's the way you schedule your meetings in you know, chunks during the day, whatever the case may be. But that's, that's an absolutely uh, huge one as well. And, I, and the great performers always turn their clients into their greatest asset. Like they, they create a sales force out of their clients. They're that good at what they do that their clients want to tell other people and have them share in the same experience that they've shared. So whether it's a client, whether it's a referral source, that the broker ends up doing the referral sources business because they've had a great experience and then they'll tell their client base. So you're always looking to bring, I don't, I don't mind if it's a strategic partner or it's a client or someone out of your circle of influence, it's how do you give them a fantastic experience that they want their circle of influence all their clients to share. They want to share that same experience with them. So that's the key to the top performers. They're able to do that in the first meeting a lot of the times too, So, which is really, really exciting. 
resource 12, resource your achievers. So again, if you hit these points of great performance and you're not quite sure what the way forward is, then resource them. You know, give them the tools, give them the support to go to another level. And we've been very fortunate at Innovate that because we've been trending upwards, we can see where those levels of resources need to come in. So for someone new, we basically can blueprint all the way through to 100 million um, in settlements for per individual and what how what resources we need. And even to the point now, we're bringing in another level of resource to get people to 150 million as well. So again, just resource your top performers and the people that are trending and know what those critical points are in their cycle of, of sales and developing their portfolio and then you know make sure you support and build awareness out of the benefits to that in alignment to their goals and the last one is ref and number 13 this gets missed a lot is reflect on the successes um, and utilize them for future goal setting so take everything that has been accomplished let's say in the last month or the last quarter and reinforce the benefits of what they've done, the actions they've taken, give them confidence, really give that edification around what they've done and utilise that same process to the next goal, the next stretch goal. So if they can achieve it at a certain level, they'll be able to achieve it at the next level uh, having, having learnt what they've learnt. And that way you can always scale performance by building on capacity. And yes, at the new levels, like I said with the previous comment, you, you can resource them. Um, it might be you know a development course they need to do to build awareness to get to another level, but you can have discussions around that and you utilize a lot of the things you're doing at various different levels, but certainly communicate and edify their successes because that type of confidence and appreciation at what they have accomplished just carries them forward and no one wants defensive micromanaging if people feel bad you're just not going to get the best out of them and I know look particularly in my generation like I'm 50 now and our generation used to live off that defensive micro me mechanism you know it was like you know, do this, you should have done that. Why didn't you do this? And it was and that's all you copped. And you were you were you were you were starting to you still perform, but it was through fear and anxiety and you were looking for the first place to get out of the joint, right? It was like the first opportunity. So it was really a terrible toxic type of way of operating. Whereas you go Enterprise performance, you can still have the discussion around areas that need improvement. There's always going to be that discussion with releasing handbrakes and behaviours and things like that. But do it in a productive way. If you do this, um, this is the potential result you're going to get on the upside if we address this and find a way forward. It's absolutely huge. And I know from the past, you've been able to overcome these types of uh, many challenges. So I have confidence in you that you're going to be able to do it again at this new level. Very, very powerful. So they're, they're my 13 steps if I'm working through them all um, to really give insight on, on the subtleties around it. And some you would have heard before, some might be a different perspective on it, but any of those last ones in particular resonate with you, gentlemen? Um, your client should be a greater sales force. I think um, you can't get better marketing than someone that's been through the experience. And... Mm -hmm. You know, I think back to when I was mortgage broking, uh, 
you'd, you'd have one or two clients that would consistently refer people to you because they're so happy with your service. So, you know, when you do see those people um, pop up in your network and you notice they're referring, make sure you double down on that and try and find more mm. of them. Um, you know, because clients will will refer people to you and they'll already be sold because that that particular client's already been through the um, through the process. So, I, I really like that one. Completely agree. And I think uh, rather than just making the organization responsible for having a good customer service journey, if there's particular individuals that really embrace and, and, and reinforce that, they're the ones, as you said, they become your greatest sales force. I know that people can call me up and go, mate, you know, Naomi, Naomi, who answers my call, she is phenomenal. She's the best. Don't you ever do anything to lose her. And Naomi, for example, gets, you know, people call me and tell me how amazing Naomi is and there'll be accountants that are doing the work and sending the work out, but Naomi who picks up the phone and makes them feel comfortable that their work's on its way is getting all these huge uh, raps and referrals. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's more than, you got to look at all your team and all your performers and all the different touch points and um, I love that, you know, that you've brought that up. And on top as well, I think your 13 steps also go full circle because you've started with setting clear goals and you're finishing on reflecting on successes and setting future goals. So that's that really stood out for me that I loved that, you know, you're not just kind of getting to the end and it's over. You reflect, you kind of, you know, re-strategize, take it all in, set those future goals and keep going and keep working through it. And you're never kind of just sitting there going, I'm done. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's... Uh... It's a, it's a full loop, right? It really is, but it loops in an upward trend. And that's, um, that's the key. Why not utilize the same strategy to, to, to go to the next place you want to go to as an individual, as a company, as a collective? So it's, uh, it's very powerful. And yeah, I, I, really, I really think um, like when I, when I actually identified it and wrote it down, it just... Uh, you realize how much you learn over 25 years. And and like I said, I probably haven't broken it down to that, that mm. point of 13 steps. I just went and did it, right? So it's amazing what you learn by doing and, and, and having top performance in your teams over a long period of time. There's certainly the same sort of rhythms play that you, are, that you can identify and then you can train even more impactfully. So, yeah, I'd recommend that people have been around for a while to do that as well. I think it's a healthy exercise. So I hope that was a benefit to the listeners. Marty, I have a huge page of notes. I'm looking forward to going away and kind of visiting a lot of this and talking to my team about this. It's going to be one that I'm recommending to my own team members and customers and clients of Future Advisory as well to come back and listen to this episode to really learn about how to build corporate athletes or develop themselves personally. Um, so I thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing. I think it's been super valuable. Uh, if you've listened and you've loved this, give it a share, give us a like and a follow. The Numbers Gamer here to help you have a better life and to move forward. So until next time, game over. Game over.